Hi, I'm Matthew Chung, CEO of iPushPull, and the following is a conversation with Brad Levy, CEO of Symphony, on the topic of what is your chat strategy. So Brad shares his thoughts on the growth of chat from DMs or direct messages to interoperability between messaging platforms, the importance of compliance and security for Symphony, and the impact of AI and large language models in the communication and chat ecosystems. Enjoy. I mean, the word chat is either really generic or loaded. It sort of depends on the perspective where it could mean a DM, it could mean a bot on a consumer site, right? It could mean an actual automation, you know, workflow fully where sort of, and that's, I would argue, chat GPT is more of that, like automating a workflow based on a natural way of conversing. So like, I think that's, and then we obviously have a position in that from different perspectives, pure encrypted DMs on Symphony, extending to consumer, and then obviously a lot of automations and botting up. Just um, if you think of AOL and Yahoo Finance, Yahoo Chat from back in the day, and even CompuServe, right, ways of, and then leap forward to WhatsApp, right, in between those sort of consumer level, very widely accessible DMing. Most systems I'm in now have some sort of a DM component, whether it's Snapchat or LinkedIn or Instagram, right? There's, and then they're even building bots and video and audio. So there's a, there's definitely a movement where I know I DM with people across 20 different applications now in life, right? From personal to professional and Symphony is one of those um, as an encrypted version built for industry. So I do think, and that's a whole space in and of itself, just the idea of direct messaging in different ways um, on different platforms, you know, at different moments for different purposes, you know, that's a, that's obviously something that's come of age with the generation and maybe even the pandemic kind of pushed us into a more social interaction on just about any platform. Um, you know, even dating back to bots like Clippy back in the day, maybe the first GPT thing in my face, you know, can I help you do something, you know, can I offer you some assistance? Yeah. And so how do you see the delineation then between the the DM chat versus what your platform allows people to do? I guess I see the delineation as less of a delineation today and going forward, meaning there's this idea of asynchronous where you can have a person chatting on one end, physically typing. The other end can be a automated process that comes back as human typing, right? So it feels like a human to human, but one side is a chat bot. The other thing is a person. You can then still remain as a person, but then have a full automation on the other side where you're basically chatting into something that's a process and a real bot on the back without even the human interface to it because the nature of the use case. And then over time, both sides can think more automated, more chatbot and even more API and automated. So I think one thing that we're seeing is less people having to match up at the same way, at the same style, like in the same mode, as much as you can have a person chatting and a bot chatting or a fully automated process. And then each can sort of take their own flavor or even go with their own pace to automate over time. And you can have some moving faster or just in a different way than others on the same sort of network. And that's kind of what Symphony is becoming is that asynchronous automation platform that lets you be as personal touch or as automated. And sometimes the volatility in the markets will drive whether people want that direct touch or maybe are fine with just an automated process behind it. And so since Symphony arrived on the scene, chatbots have have kind of been unlocked for a lot of the big financial players and the banks have had the resources to do it. And then as time's gone on, 
more it's become easier to use more configurable through either third party vendors doing it or you providing you know developer toolkits yourself how how have you seen the trend to date in chatbot users versus human users and how do you see that uh, how do you see that trend continuing over the next couple of years yeah the trend on chatbot in that side is definitely up and probably more slope up and to the right. There's still an incrementalism, I think, that the industry goes at things, which is not bad, right? They take a big problem, break it down into parts, think about what we can solve today. And so it's more, I would say, um, smaller problems solved in a more bilateral bespoke way. Then I'd say step two is taking some of those smaller processes and connecting them, but still maybe on your side of a development initiative where you're not depending on too many others, you know, than the cloud and the development kits that you have. And then once you do something a bit more interesting, those processes can connect to others in the marketplaces, you know, could be more other market infrastructure players in clearing and settlement or research platforms. So it's like, do one thing small, do three things small, connect them, and then externalize that behavior. And that gives compliance people and tech people and business people comfort that there's some path versus everybody's it's sort of bots gone wild, you know, in a moment, which there's 30 years of bots, in my opinion, scripts on APIs with databases automating a process. We're now just able to do that much more easily with cloud and development kits, but there's still some real gates that we all have to deal with. And I think we allow people to do something quite small inside to much larger and outside over time. And that trend is, and I think the people interaction with that is increasing at an increasing rate rather than this idea that these bots are actually taking people out of their jobs or just moving on to more complicated orchestration tasks maybe than one thing in a row so i i definitely believe that trend but you know some people that do very specific jobs could be botted but it's much i think the human side is just accelerating lagging but in at pace with the bot development yeah that yeah well, it's, all, it's all the co-pilot assistance perspective isn't it so going back to two of your points one around direct messaging and the other around internal versus external kind of outside in its nature direct messaging through through all the other platforms you're talking about like we have on our personal phone in its nature is mostly external whereas what's happened with some of the growth initially around some of the automation was more internal just because it's easier to do and it's easier to you know plug into your own systems and so on one thing that Symphony's had a lot of success with in the last couple of years is the the, the kind of interop between WeChat and WhatsApp and Symphony because of the, the encryption tools and so on that you provide, making it you know just super easy, yeah. you know, path of least resistance. How do you see? So two questions: How do you see the the interoperability between different platforms and Symphony kind of uh, evolving over time? And then the other is: How do you see the internal and external piece playing out? Because probably actually one feeds the other as well. Because if you're connecting into WeChat and WhatsApp, for example, there's a whole bunch of external users you can now talk to. But how how do you see the the growth areas coming in the interoperability between platforms, and then the mm-hmm. external chat or external conversation and communication that's that's enabled? Yeah, and it's um, I would say it's it's related for sure. So this idea of physical platforms being able to speak to each other. Again, I grew up at a time when text networks were separate, where you literally you couldn't really text people outside because it was both not as fast and quite expensive, just physically. Like there were different networks. Um, 
technologies often start as you know somewhat separate and either it's a winner take all or they become more interoperable more often than not it's interoperability that wins and you could have cable television and streaming on the same samsung tv run by an apple tv or a roku so that's coming um i think what will drive the need is some idea that internal and external are not easily bifurcated or personal and professional are not easily bifurcated and that's probably two planes that are worth so I know I have people on my WhatsApp to Symphony today because there are some conversations I'm having with them that are business and I want to keep them on my Symphony. Now, there are also very personal relationships for me at times, which I might peel off and go to my own personal cell WhatsApp to talk to them because it's about my children or something. But so I try to even do that today where I'm bifurcating. I'm having a WhatsApp with you directly versus a Symphony to your WhatsApp. And that's a distinguishing that's distinguished between personal professional and life, which is healthy. The idea that you have internal systems and external systems is to me a temporary state by fear or need saying you can only use this internally or that externally. If you're using something a lot internally, you're probably going to want to go outside. And if you're using something a lot with your clients, you're not going to want to constantly move to a different place to do internal. Email is the one thing that hits all of that, but it's become a very difficult tool to make useful in scale for people um, in teams. So I just think, you know, I know bring your own device, you know, two devices is kind of a nightmare for people, but that's probably coming a bit now with some of the concerns, but that will converge again. It's already been back to one device. Now it's probably gonna go to two with all the texting investigations. Um, but I do think they ultimately come back to one and things that are more interoperable and the technologies now are more available than ever, whether it's cloud or SaaS or edge compute, like all these things are making it much more possible to interact, interoperate and have a your choice type of model versus here's the box and that box can't speak to that box. So that's three to five years out, I have no doubt, but it will take the internal external desire, the use cases that make sense and then the platforms will then become more interoperable by need, not by theory. If I'm if I'm a buyer of Symphony, if I'm a you know a banker or a broker or a customer, how how um how often do you see the split of people spending money with you coming from the compliance and security and encryption side versus what actually you can do on the platform and the enablement through automation and chatbots and you know this communication layer because as the regulators have continued to tighten up as as we've seen yeah um it's it's played well into your environment because you are secure and encrypted but from a from a i suppose a, a sales perspective does does the tail wag the dog or you know or, or does the dog wag the tail or is it a combination of both in parallel when you're when you're selling symphony yeah depends on the strength of the wind and the depth of the water i guess sometimes the dogs <laughs> can do either if that makes yeah. sense i made that up but compliance was definitely a feature day one and i would even say encryption meaning the idea that you just can't get to this data without being able to get to the party who centers received the data but then compliance to me is a much more complicated platform of real tools that allow you to gate who is in and when and how that changes as markets change or roles change so that investment in compliance administration compliance administration is heavy and huge and hard to do arm's length and as opposed to with the clients you're working with so that's always been there and i would say comes and goes in terms of news cycle like encryption is now very 
in the news and even I would say information security, whereas it used to be more about real data protection and even when GDPR came about, right? It was much more about personal protection, which is still there, but now it's about national security, which has come around in the last few years. So I think that's a bigger discussion and it could even layer in quantum computing, et cetera. What's really driving us now, there are purposeful additions of value in workflows like settlements or client onboarding or getting to research or just seeing a small bits of information in a big sea of data. Like those are the things we're targeting at a pretty granular level. Again, probably uniquely as a company as Symphony versus say some of the larger communication technology providers like, you know, whatever the Slack and Zoom and Teams. So we just see our purpose and our value and our problem solving is different. And then ultimately over time, that drives some of the where the interop needs come from to, to come back to that other point. So I definitely see this compliance, encryption. It's always part of what we do. It's become more in vogue. Great. But solving for really particular challenges in industry workflows is kind of what we do. It sounds boring and even too hard, but it is the nature mm -hmm. of how we partner with iPushPull. Yep. Yep. Moving on to AI and large language models. So the end of last year saw two things. You had ChatGPT was launched and you acquired Amenity Analytics. So AI is, as you know. By the way, we acquired Amenity Analytics and then ChatGPT was born in that <laughs> order, November yeah. 29th to November 3rd. So we were a day smart, <laughs> at least looked. <laughs> AI has been around, you know, for, you know, lot 50, 60 years, a very yeah. long time, right? But but things have changed a lot since, since you know, the end of last year. And people looking at their strategies, how can they use chat because everyone's played around with chat gpt and it's like okay how can i use this in my business lots of questions come up about data and security like we we're just talking about but in regards to your business how what impact has large language models and ai had on your kind of product roadmap on solutions that you want to provide to customers on new business and how you're growing well, fortunately, we did acquire a company in the space the day before that, you know, that sort of November 30th day, which is helpful because we do believe we have a ton of value in the data space. We didn't have a lot of tools, picks and shovels or platforms to do it. Now we do. We still do not see this data. We are not a data company at that on that level. Like we're not selling, we're not analyzing and selling the data as much as the tools and the platform that you can do it against your data or maybe other public data sets that we've already built to. So Number one, it's been well-timed for us just to be incredibly relevant in the AI, GAI, LLM, NLP, you know, ML debate or, or ramp up. Um, you sort of alluded to it, but I never think that any one technology is that big to drive a lot of change as much as a combination of a lot of technologies, whether it's cloud or, you know, new materials and NVIDIA chips, like all these things make these innovations that big and disruptive. LLMs are, have been there. They're just now much more accessible um, and uh, and, and practical. I also think combining these massive LLM capabilities, which many providers will have, we may be a bit of that. It's going to be the more detailed models that need to be delivered in much more tailored environments of, like, say, the commodities market, which has 100 asset classes in it, from palm oil to carbon to electricity. You can build one model to cover commodities. My guess is there's many smaller models that need to be built for palm oil trader and hog trader versus shipping container, freight future, right? There's tons of these things that are around commodities. So 
I think it's combinations of people that have the user with the desire are trusted enough to have access to information that they never see and can then dovetail it with the largest LLMs that will be very dynamic and iterating like right now they are, right, literally. So I just think it's that convergence of lots of technologies, but then convergence of multiple models for different very specific use cases. You know, again, predicting settlement fails is going to be very different than finding the best palm oil trade at that moment you know, in a fully shipped containerized box at your port. Just veering away from chat, but, you know, actual people chatting, using their mouths. You obviously acquired Cloud9 a couple of years ago, so you're in the voice space as well. How do you see the intersection between what's happening in voice and what and, and, the, and where you want to head to in terms of innovation with that? And how does voice then interact with bots that may be, may be sitting in a chat? And AI, obviously, connecting the two things together. Right. And if you think of like energy policy as probably needing a lot of different types of energy renewable to come together to solve, like communication is broad. Chat is a form of communication and DMing, as are emails, as are the telephone, as are videos. Then your actions even on a network might be part of what you communicate to someone whether you clicked on something. So I take a very broad liberal view of what communications means. Fortunately for us, we're in that chatting space. Emails are highly accessible because they are, whether it's the corpus or the workflow. Um, phone is a lot harder to get to in our space, but we have one of the key leading products in that space called Cloud9. Um, and then you have video, which is probably that fourth horse of communication mode, which both comes with its own data. It's very heavy in the peta terra. But it's also, there's different tells, right? There's different information you get from a video where you could tell like retina scans and pupils dilating and people body language, right? I mean, um, we're going into electric season in the US. There's a lot of body analysis experts that are gonna pop onto the talking heads. You can AI that stuff. And to me, that's all communications, all being communicated and all consumable by the LLMs or whatever, the big AI machine to put out a very full view. And we think we play a role in almost all of that in theory. So to, to finish off, let's just look at the the chat ecosystem because it's a broad ecosystem. There's Bloomberg that's been around for decades. There's 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 you guys. There's Borders Microsoft Messenger, Teams, Ice Chat, yeah, yeah, five other WeChat, things yeah, yeah, the lots and lots of different things. There's a proliferation of stuff mm -hmm. which a lot of people don't like because there's too much stuff going on, too many things to monitor too many things to to you know having you know notification overload and you know real estate. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, screen space issues and so on. How do you see the, the, I suppose back to one of the first questions around interoperability and about, you know, workflow and having AI assistance and so on, but how do you see the proliferation of the different chat providers? Do you see ultimately everything being glued together and working cohesively, or is it still very much some chat platforms are very much for one particular market, you know, power and gas people like this, you know, the palm oil traders like this, financials like this, and, and they don't interoperate really at the moment. But when you've got your your bridge between, you know, WeChat, WhatsApp and Symfony, you can start to, you know, to eat into some of that and make it easier for the end user ultimately. How do you see the that chat ecosystem in the markets playing out? Yeah, again, I look to other places maybe to see what might the future, you know, look like. So 10, 15 years ago, I might have had a Netflix streaming app I had a Crestron big hulking thing in my house, maybe cable somehow, a Sonos for one speaker in one bedroom, 
Roku didn't exist. Apple TV kind of didn't exist, right? So there was, but now whether, you know, all these providers, you know, on my phone, like it or not, they kind of work together, right? I've got 20 places to DM. Now I have five that I tend to utilize. In business, you always have fewer, but you rarely have one, right? So I think in business, people will have what they need, which is probably something internal to do a bunch. That's just part of what they get when they start working. Then they probably, they may have a few different things that they bring together for chats or emails or document storage or video, depending on the firm and what they've chosen. Um, and then often you need something more specialized to be a bit more particular or go inside outside, right? I know I'm describing us, but I just see the technologies coming now with cloud in the lead and containerization and PaaS and APIs and SaaS and development kits being the core platform framework that we all have now. I know that there's people that are fairly, you know, a box, they will coexist in other boxes like monitors and framing of an application whether you like it or not in your box those apis will allow you to do a lot and interact as long as you have licenses so i think you'll have your streaming apps you'll have your big thing you'll have your other ways of communicating including email and all that will be pretty seamless in five years i think the the gen z's are going to demand it they're even going to want left and right swiping on monitors and everything's a touch screen like the five-year-olds today are touching every screen because they just don't know any other way um, and they're the 20 year olds right now, and they're going to be making decisions in five or 10 years. So I just think that world of interoperability, I've seen it come in my private life. It's absolutely coming in finance. And we're all going to coexist with a lot more people around us competitively or interoperability wise, because that's the nature of tech. It's what it does. And the demand from users is just going to, because people can see it here. They just can't quite apply it yet to find yep. capital markets. And we're, you know, we're both a part of that fabric, you know, in driving a drop, meaning our two companies. Right. Brad Levy, thank you very much. This is the iPushball podcast series about what is your chat strategy. Over the next few months, we'll talk to leaders in the field and their views on the chat ecosystem, chatbots, and how AI is evolving the space. We hope you learn something new.